Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It is August 24, 2020, the year that shall not be named, and this is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Right on cue, Dan. I had already popped mine open. Well, you're more prepared oh. than I am, Tim. Yeah. But, Tim, I have to uh, mention, I am drinking a, uh, a Rowdy and Proud. Oh, is that Red Hair or Revolution? It's uh, Three Taverns. Three Taverns. Yeah. There are, t- there are too many bre- Like, for somebody who doesn't drink, there are too many breweries <laughs> to keep up with in Atlanta. Oh, it's and ridiculous. And they switch to more wine than, than beer, so, yeah. Anyway, um, I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Dan James. What's up? How's it going? Bet you guys didn't catch that one. Uh, no. Dan, Kevin, yeah, we're, we're flying duo tonight. The, the, flying v is, the flying V is not happening tonight. Kevin is down. Uh, I, now, heard he's, I heard he just now sold his Now the speculation is going to start. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's plastic. He's t- sold his tickets yeah. for like uh, pennies on the dollar. I mean, when you're not a fan, I mean, any money, like, it's profit, right? Anything right. is profit, yeah. I think I saw him wearing, like, a Miami jersey um, late last yep. week. Rodolfo Pizarro. I mean, he's a good a good player to get a jersey of, I think. But Absolutely. He's yeah. got nice hair. Maybe he's got very why, nice hair. That's why Kevin uh, likes him, because he's got nice <laughs> hair. He's just got FOMO. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us on a perpetually rainy evening in Atlanta, in the Atlanta metro area. If you guys are watching outside of the Atlanta metro area, that's awesome. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you guys, as always, for uh, making time for us, especially those of you who join us live on YouTube Monday nights at 8 o'clock in the trap, as it were. Richard Gordon showing up early, Elliot Beaven, Brian, 
We got Grego from For the Culture. We got Brittany S. We got Gregory Fraser. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good night. It's it feels good, Dan. It feels really good. It's it's we're coming off. It feels like a long time since we've had a podcast like this, especially with you on. Right, we're coming off of a victory. <laughs> like, what was the last time you got to come on and not explain why we lost? <laughs> right, exactly, and explain why you know it was. Regardless of how you feel, I felt like last night was a lot more fun. Uh, not last night, Saturday night was a lot more fun. It was a lot more 2017 vibe that was going to. I was really, I was excited. It was crazy, r- ridiculous defensive mistakes. And luckily we didn't get punished for a lot of them. But uh, I was really, uh, it was a fun game. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it, it felt like it felt like a proper season opener, right? Yeah. I would say like it, it really did. Like and, and a lot of that had to do with seeing the the green monster, the the turf right. and like that had a lot I felt like to do with the fact that I really did feel invested again. I think we talked about it like before we even knew any of the results, knew how it was going to happen in Orlando. This the the tournament felt flat. It's it, it just, oh, yeah. I think it's because it's a lack of familiarity. It's something that we hadn't had before. It's like trying to get up for like, even, I mean, like community shield or like some sort of preseason tournament um, or friendly tournament or something like that. It felt more, I mean, if there weren't points involved, it really like, it would have had the same field as, as those, those sort of things. But Saturday I felt nervous for the first time in a while. <laughs> like I didn't feel nervous at all during the cut, like during the MLS's back tournament. I felt really nervous on Saturday night. I felt excited. Like it was almost like, um, it was, a, it was an anxious feeling, Dan. Like I was so excited <laughs> and so ready to watch this team, especially under Steven glass, knowing the things that he said, oh, he, yeah. was, he was kind of preaching the week before again, like we talked about last week, if you guys were listening last week, we went on a good bit about, or I guess it was, yeah, it was last week. Yeah. Um, about, you know, the, the free reign. It's it's like yeah. Stephen Glass. You're not our manager moving forward. You're our interim manager. Just get the best out of these players, and a lot of them performed. I mean, I think what what were your thoughts immediately going into the the match, like an hour before, whenever the score the the lineup sheet was announced? I was I was excited. Um, I looked at you know my first reaction was, why is Robinson on the bench? Where's Barco? And uh, I would. I thought I was going to see Dam on the bench, but uh, obviously not. But he's. It's still early days. Uh, but I was. I was nervous because if we lost, I was worried about the fan base. Um, I was worried that we were just going to really like hard throw in the towel and get on Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra big time. But I was really glad that we. We got a performance like we did, which was fun to watch. It reminded me of, I think it was when we played Dallas, when we first moved into the Benz, one of the first games in the Benz. And there was like um, this little intricate little passing pattern between, I think it was Assad um, and a few, I can't, maybe Tito was part of it, but it was like this like continuous little passing triangle. And the cold crowd was like, way, way, every time they passed the ball. And, you know, there was things like that after the George Bellow, he nutmegged, I think it was Leal. Uh, and then David was, Oh, David Akam, yeah. sorry. Yeah, and, uh, how David Akam looked really stupid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just knocking it around. And it felt, it felt like, it felt like a new team. Um, 
And there was definitely, you did feel a sense of freedom uh, from the players. Like Pity was all about it. Uh, Eric Rometty had a blinder. I thought George Bello played really well. Um, it, I would it, surprise man on the, I, I would say the, the biggest surprise to your point, the surprise man on the, the lineup sheet was Anton Walks, who was maybe our best defender of the whole game. Like I thought he was, he was every bit the the player that I think we got accustomed to under Tata Martino during his season on loan when he came in and he was doing great. He was playing right back and he was out of position, but he looks every bit the player we thought he was going to be bringing him back. I felt like. Yeah, I was excited to see him do so well at, at, as a center back. It seemed to me um, from when I pay attention to it, it was more of a three man back line. And I thought he did really well in that. He got a real, real soft yellow card in like the first 20 minutes. And we um, could we could get into that too. I think somebody that might be something we do you want to just like clear that out of the way, like get to the positives, but like let's clear out how bad Ted Uncle was during this game. <laughs> yeah. and this was and this is coming from the a fan of a team who I would say dominated for 90 minutes and was, I don't feel like ever really out of control of winning that game. And I still felt like Ted Uncle had a really, I, I think the problem was, and we talk about this a good bit whenever we do bring up referees, we try not to that much, but I feel like referees can play themselves into a trap. Like at the beginning, mm-hmm. he gave Brooks Lennon the softest yellow card on his first foul, right? It was it was Brooks Lennon first. And that kind of set the tone is like Ted Uncle's like, okay, well, I guess I got to give yellows now. I made this made this decision. It's not like reluctantly, but he's like, okay, this is how I'm going to referee this game. Is like every soft foul, like it was Walks' first foul, it was Bella or um, Brooks Lennon's first foul, both got them yellow cards, and they're relatively soft fouls. Yeah, I thought that too. And then it seemed to change in like the the last probably two thirds of the game that he started not giving those fouls. It was so bizarre, and it seemed like I mean, obviously, I'm a Lenny United fan. But it felt very sort of inclined towards Nashville. There was so in the first, I wrote down in the first 30 minutes, we had two yellow cards, and then um, Mesa had a pretty slide in tackle. Uh, I think it was on Mukhtar for a clearance. He was coming out the penalty area, he was running to get the ball, and uh, he came down, but I think he stuck his right leg out, showing studs up a little bit. But he, he, I think he missed Mukhtar, but it didn't seem like that much of a foul uh and then kevin egan says but we've just been told vars checking for a possible red card it's like oh my gosh what just just give me a break man it's um, not only did you call that so wrong to even give it a yellow in the first place you're (laughs) reviewing it for a red like it has you know it i think it was in um our buddy payson schwinn wrote a like kind of post-match or a post-mortem, I guess, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that, uh, following the match. And one of the things was, it, it was something I saw live was Ryan Catanese, or Ryan Catanese, uh, who used to do social media for Atlanta United. He said, one of the great things about not being employed by the team anymore, anymore is I could talk about how bad MLS refs are and how they're <laughs> literally holding back the progress of the yeah. league. And I thought that was so on point because, I, and I, I can't say, that in the past, I don't think I really noticed any bad or poor refereeing decisions during the tournament whenever we were playing or at the beginning of the season. Um, this this game just kind of stuck out to me. And and fortunately, like we had our head on our, our shoulders. We, you know, we played really well throughout the game, I felt like, especially considering, especially I 
I mean, one of the things that Dan uh, Dan Gargan and um, Kevin Egan brought up during the match was like in the beginning of it, it was almost like bracing us for what we were going to watch. They're like, okay, <laughs> this team hasn't played in 30 days. They're not in game shape. Nashville's played two games in the past week. You know, we might see this team fade towards the end. Uh-uh. It's like the hardest yeah. workers from the beginning of the game were the hardest workers towards the end of the game. It was fantastic um, all around. And it was just a, I just feel so much joy in my heart right now. <laughs> Even uh, after Pity's first goal, as soon as the kickoff, the United were on them. They were like, they were hungry, so hungry for a next goal. And they just went, um, almost got a second. I think we got pretty close. Uh, but it was great to just see that energy again because you, we just hadn't, we hadn't seen that energy. Regardless of what you think about Frank de Boer, um, still think his tenure was a success, but it was, it was noticeably different. Um, and I think the the players, I, I was happier watching watching it, even though I think defensively we got lucky. A fair few times. There was a couple of times where we kind of got stuck out. We left a center back on an island, but we managed to swarm back to get back into uh, a more of a defensive shape to shut it down. So, yeah, so that was I great. felt like if we were if we were facing a more a bigger threat one on one than Dominic Bajir, I think I would done a lot. Even had a, a chance at the end or towards the end of the game. I felt like those guys, if they were a more seasoned, or it was Carlos Vela. Right, if it was Carlos yeah. Vela, we would we would have given up a couple goals. You're yeah. right. I mean, we we were caught out of position. We we were lucky, and not to say that, you know, that Abu Dunladi or you know Dominic Baji are, are slouches because they're not. Mm-hmm. They're they're MLS caliber strikers forwards. Um, but you know, we got we got lucky. But at the same time, I felt like again, I felt like we controlled the game and, and we kind of controlled the pace and the flow and we took it, we took it to their team. Um, yeah. I mean, we neutralized the only threat that we had from them back in March, whenever we played was the the goal that we really, the goal we gave up on a set piece to Walker Zimmerman. And he was yeah. you know neutralized in these, you know, in the set pieces that we did, uh, we did have to defend against. And yeah, kudos to the team. I mean, who, who sticks out to you? I mean, I guess we can go through the trap real quick. Some, you know, we're kind sure. of ignoring a lot of this, but um, just had to get it out, Tim. We had to get it. Yeah, out. had to get it out. Um, let's see. Um, sorry, uh, Glassy Clayton Poss says Glassy, uh, first Atlanta United coach to win in his first ever game in MLS. Tata loses to Red Bulls. Oh, Frank DeBoer yeah. loses to DC, or did he lose to Columbus? It's one of those games in the in a sloppy, like sludgy pitch. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna have to uh, check that. Did he actually lose his first game? I don't. Uh, I thought I know. so. Just go on, Tim. Go on. I'll uh, I'll catch I, up. I thought so. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris Berry uh, saying that Lennon was a star. I thought Brooks Lennon was good out there on Saturday. Also, mm-hmm. um, I thought he was good. He was. Um, he just had that one really weak shot that was straight at the keeper that's, that I that's was the second chance you were talking about right yeah yeah right after after pd's goal yeah you're right i mean it was it was he just directed it like he redirected the ball it didn't really put any pace or anything on it he just kind of touched it there uh greg uh for the culture saying uh, bellow and walks were money i absolutely agree with that mm-hmm. um 
Elliot Beaven saying Bellows going to Europe in the future. Greg Fraser with a with a call out here, which I thought was interesting, and and I'd be I'd be interested to go back and watch the game if we didn't have another two games coming up. <laughs> but Greg saying uh, Bellow walks and PD were great. I think I think that's something we haven't talked about enough yet, and we I know we're only fifteen minutes in, but PD Martinez was every bit the player that we we needed him to be on Saturday, and every bit that he was touted to be. Let's see it again on Wednesday. Let's see it again on Saturday. Absolutely. Um, and then Greg Fraser saying, uh, Uzri, Rob Uzri from um, Dirty South Soccer said, uh, Hoseto had a good, or had a low-key good game on rewatch and a few friends uh, said the same thing. I thought he didn't put a foot wrong. Um, I thought he did a good job in keeping possession whenever he got the ball and kind of creating space. And um, not to say that, and he might be this type of player, not to say that he's Roberto Firmino, but like the type of player that's not going to get that's not readily apparent just how much of a big of a impact he's having on the game whenever you're watching it. Kind of just like Nagby. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, yeah, he was so just Rosetto was interesting. Um, Cause they, I mean, I know the graphic lineups don't mean that, but he, he, he was um, shown up as a striker up with Jan, but he, yeah, he was, he played really pretty deep, but would go, he would stretch the field and, I feel like him and Heinemann need to make sure they're wearing different colored cleats because I feel like I mm-hmm. lost him and Heinemann at the same point in time. It's like, it's like I would have to like, just, I would look to yeah. the side and say, it's like, is that number nine or is that number 20? Right. Like, I can't tell who's, who's touching the ball. They have very similar gates and strides. I feel like they do. And they're the very yeah. similar haircuts from uh, a ways away, but no, I thought I was pretty impressed with Rosetto. He, um, he held it together. He was an outlet for the for the defenders. He was an outlet for Rometty when Rometty needed support. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does moving forward. I did not, I did not think that he was going to be a more of a, a deep lying midfielder. I thought he was actually going to be further up in attack. But um, it's it's one game. We'll see. Yeah. See where we go. Our buddy Keith Filer uh, saying loved Rometty sitting deeper to allow the other midfielders freedom to go forward, especially uh, Joseto. And it, it, would you say the midfield is almost like, uh, I wouldn't say like straight up, but like you, you essentially have Rometty and then Joseto and then Heinemann. Like they were almost staggered in the midfield hmm. like that. Um, yeah, it kind of seemed that way. Um, they were... It was more central. It was it was nice because we were uh, either Nashville just didn't press us through the middle very 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 well that we were able to have a lot of movement through the through the center which we've we didn't really see in Orlando. Um, you know, a lot of the the frustrating games are for us when we get the midfield taken away from us and we don't exert ourselves a little more a little bit more enough. Sorry, enough. Um, so it did it did very feel like way him like that progression of uh Rometty, Rosetto and, and Hyman. But then they would both get they would both get up. I think Heinemann more. So um it was great to see. Um I thought they they really did boss that midfield and Rometty stepped up as a leader. I mean he was he, it was really great to see. It's like when um was it Baji or was um pushing Bello or did he stand on him or something on the sideline and Rometty was like the first one in there um, telling him don't don't mess with with Barker uh, with uh, Bello, come mess with me. <laughs> and then he's yeah, like, oh, no, exactly. I'll, I'll leave it alone. 
he almost uh, it, it was almost reminiscent of LGP with a little less hot headedness, like yeah. the way that he was coming in and defending his teammates. And yeah, there was like a leadership, like a tinge of leadership, uh, maybe more of a tinge, more than a tinge, but uh, from Eric Rometty on Saturday night, it was one of his more consistent performances that we've seen from him when he's not been paired with Lorenowitz or with Nagby. Like I felt like he played really well. I think he stood out for the first time I could think of in a while. Um, and I mean, Elliot Beaven says it great. I mean, he played great in this game with the assist to Petey. Um, yeah, I, I'm just mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing more of that. But we're going to find out like when Barco gets reintroduced, what does that do to shake up this lineup? Like, what are we going to be looking at? Because I mean, if if Saturday night was an audition of sorts for, <laughs> for Stephen Glass, like, who do you take out outside of Adam John? I think that was the one thing we're seeing in the trap is, you know, Greg Fraser asks, he's like, does John even get a sniff at the field again after um, alluding to what, you know, Kubo Torres's impact whenever he came on in whatever it was, 60, 60th minute, somewhere in there. And um it was yeah. in the 80th minute. Oh, it was the 80th. Torres came in. Yeah, yeah, I thought That's it was right. really late. <laughs> it just seemed it seemed like it was earlier because, again, like he had so much more of an impact that Adam John did. I mean, that wasn't yeah. a game for Adam John, I don't feel like. But um, then again, I feel like the, the positives that we've seen from him are kind of – I don't know if they're anomalies at this point. It's, it's hard to tell if, like, the good games that we've seen from Adam John where he's had a lot of touches or, or helped control the ball has been, you know, is yeah it's his normal is his normal style of play or not yeah it seems like Jan was I think he was a little bit more un, underrated that game I mean he he did what he did enough to just kind of harass the defenders as much as he could but um, he was never going to be like a a real threat he was more of a a body that you have to pay attention to but I mean he wasn't going to be a a gravity well, as we like to talk about with Joseph and that. So, um, but it it was um, it was interesting. I can't wait to see Torres a hundred cent fit and be able to actually play a ball where he means to play the ball. Um, hey, it still resulted in a goal. Like that, still that's all that really goal. matters. It that's really at least if if he stutter steps on that one chance that he has, uh-huh. he probably yeah. puts it in the back of the net too. I mean, it's really about I think getting back into. Um, back into a rhythm, man, I don't want to get too excited because you don't yeah, know. Because, I, I mean, to your point, it was 15 minutes worth of play probably uh, after stoppage time. And But, man, he looked he looked very much, um, you know, a lot better than I think a lot of people were expecting whenever we signed him. I saw – granted, tw- Twitter is like the negative 2% of the population, like that all congregate. But um, it's – you know, I saw a lot of negative response to the signing of Kubo Torres, but man, when you have the restrictions of the fr- that the front office has in MLS, mm-hmm. and and you, if you could pick up a guy and have him rebound on this team, he's. I mean, they brought up on the the broadcast he's only twenty seven. I was like, man, it's like, yeah, I I can't believe he's still that young. Like that's right. age, right? Or maybe Joseph's a couple of years, or maybe Joseph might be a year younger, it might be twenty six or something. But um, yeah, absolutely. I still I have the trust of the front office. I didn't, I feel like the front office make the best decisions with what the, with the options they actually have. I felt like Torres was the only option that we were going to have. Uh, Cause he's got a green card. He's going to be undervalued. 
and he's going to have a ton of experience with what we need. It's like you you're not going to you're not going to try and get a Josh Sargent because he doesn't have as much experience. And he's you know he's more on the I mean what is he ninety pounds like soaking wet? He's he's pretty lanky, Josh Sargent. Uh, but I yeah. think that's what you want um, with Torres. I'm not saying he's a success. I just feel like uh, he is what we had. Just like I think um, the hiring of Frank DeBoer was the best option that the front office saw when he was hired. Man, I've been going, going on a lot about Frank DeBoer this uh, this pod. Um, yeah, I mean... You're right. I mean, we have to. I mean, we have to stick within the bounds of what what we're allowed in MLS and the salary restrictions. Otherwise, we would be the Man City of MLS. Like we, I, let's face it. Like we would be right. the, one of the higher spending teams, if not the highest spending. And I can't um, wait till that happens, Tim. I can't wait. <laughs> take the restrictions off. Yeah. Take off the restrictor plate. Um, yeah. I mean, and Greg says he said I didn't. I didn't understand understand the hate on Kubo. He's a uh, proven product in MLS, far more proven than John or uh, Romario Williams. So, I mean, that's probably, he's probably the best backup striker from a, um, I mean, if you don't count Tito, but like mm-hmm. he's probably the best backup striker uh, performance wise or his- historically that we've had on this team. And and hopefully what we saw on Saturday night, were just shades of what we'll see in the future. But I guess that remains to be seen. We did see a couple other substitutions come in, Dan, to your point, Miles Robinson was forced to come on. Um, Keith Filer brought up the point that we're going to have to see a lot of rotation. Um, what do we have? Six games in two weeks or something like that is what, what the yeah. schedule has. Um, yes, we do. One of the things that sucks though, and it, silver lining here it shows how deep we are at center back but at the same time we're left exposed right now because i don't know if i've heard any sort of any sort of indication good or bad that uh of the injury the knock that fernando meza took on on saturday night yeah i haven't heard anything either i was i was trying to search around before we came on tonight but i couldn't i couldn't find anything yeah. i don't know if any of the people in the trap uh, have <laughs> no of an update. Any insider information? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, Will Balron, new father, uh, Will Balron, saying, uh, I'll just remind everyone that we could have gotten BWP on a free. She could have. Mm-hmm. We could have. Um, but that said, his salary cap hit would probably have been too high. He's got to be still making a good bit of money. I, I imagine so. Anyway. You know, he's LAFC's fifth DP. So it's like Galaxy get four, LAFC get five, right? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, because yeah, yeah. uh, they lost to the Galaxy, so they need to uh, even up the... Uh, yep. <laughs> they, have to, they, they have to tip the scale back the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Miles Robinson comes in. Fernando Meza gets hurt. I don't know. It was a non-contact knee injury, it seemed like, which is very usually is does not bode well for the for the player. You know, contact, you know, not non-contact injuries usually end up being mm-hmm. he did walk off under his own steam and it didn't look like he was limping. But but I think there there are certain ligaments, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if Patrick Patrick Keenum, our buddy, the doctor, is 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 watching or listening, but like I'm pretty sure you can with like, if he tore his, let's say worst case scenario towards ACL, I think you can still walk off under your own, um, 
under your own power. I, I, I think it's the lateral movement that really gets killed. Like some of those ligaments, I think you, I think you uh, walk right. straight, but you, you could put a little bit of, you know, you could put weight on it, but you can't go left or right. Um, All right. That, that, I think that rings a bell. Yeah. Joseph, Patrick, that's right. Patrick Hansen Joseph said, did walk you know, off Joseph too. walked off too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Mesa didn't sit on the billboard. The sponsorship boards started crying. So hopefully I'm yeah. just trying to put good vibes out there. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And that said, we do have, um, I don't remember the last time we watched him play, but it, I mean, he played in preseason way back when preseason seems like years ago. Uh, but George Campbell, I don't know if he made the, the, um, he didn't make the team sheet. I don't think on Saturday, but I mean, we do have size and, you know, and a, a pretty decent backup center back in, uh, in him. Um, that, you know, could go out there under a pinch, I think, or in a pinch. Uh oh. No. <laughs> Sorry. Every, I, everything all right? I say, you know, I need an hour or two to do a podcast. I've got everything set up. Can you just go watch TV for a little while? And then they're like, watch TV until 8 30. But it come down 8 30, it's like, can we watch it till nine o'clock? And I'm like, I'm doing my podcast. So I can't really tell you no. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that did come out today, which I thought was interesting. And Patrick Hansel brings up, he said, they didn't give a full update on any of the injuries. He said glass wouldn't disclose them. They're still trying to determine if Mesa will be available Wednesday. So I guess it isn't all that bad. I hope so. You know, somebody, as much as I hate the Patriots, somebody, likened the way Stephen Glass was handling the press conference to the way Bill Belichick handles press conferences, where if he's asked about an injury, he got asked about, about why he's like, is there any reason, or can you tell us the reason that um, Ezekiel Barco didn't play on Saturday? He just said, no, like just one word, <laughs> two letters. No, he just would not disclose any of the stuff, which I thought was, uh, I'm fine with that. That doesn't very interesting. Me. Wait, so hold on. I'm, Coach, Chiefs coach Steve said, did I already miss the lively conversation about Escobar's retro red? He got a retro red card? Did I miss something? Uh, I didn't see that. Um, I am very confused. I think we need I, more information. Yeah. I need more information, Coach Steve. I need I need way more information. Dan, what do you get the boys watching right now? Like, what what's good? What what do kids watch these days? They watching Ninja Turtles or they watching Clone Wars? They watching? Like... I mean, that would be cool if they were watching that. But no, they watch um, Fuller House, which is the new Fuller Fuller oh, Full House. Uh, Sam and Kath with like Ariana Grande was in it, and what's the other? One? Oh, Roll with it. That's another one. Roll with it. Oh boy. Oh, it's boy. yeah, it's terrible. It's awful. And I was like, hey, the old Thundercats that I used to watch when I was growing up, the Thundercats cartoon came out on Hulu. Do you want to watch it with me? And they're like, uh, maybe. Are they just out <laughs> of the cartoon phase? They just only watch no, Disney it's... Live? Yeah, I think so right now. Well, it's like I my older one stuff. will watch what he wants to watch, and then the younger one's just like, yeah, okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> so. Okay. So just announced tonight. So okay. Um, wow. Hmm, yeah. He said he got suspended for the next game. Yeah. Um, Doug Robinson. Yeah. I said when he kicked Baji. I don't think I caught that. 
Yeah, Coach Steve said that this, the disciplinary committee handed out a one-game suspension for Escobar's leg swipe. Yeah, I mean, and then Will Bauron um, saying, you know, what about that guy that tried to tackle Bellow for the ball? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, he didn't even get a card for it. Hmm. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I okay. give a red to a ref, exactly, Elliot Beaton. I give a red to that ref, absolutely. Okay, so are we going to see my least favorite deployment in the back? And not because I don't like him, because I think he's serviceable in midfield, and I thought he did well on, on Saturday, but are we going to see Mo Adams in the backfield? Or are we going to see a restructuring? Um, I think you I think you go four in the back, and you just put yeah. Lennon back there. Instead and that makes room that and that ends up making room for for Barco, right? I mean uh you, yeah. Yeah, because you have Walks and Mesa or Walks and uh and Miles Robinson in the middle, Bellow on the left, Brooks Lennon on the right, and then you have a midfield of Heinemann Rometty and and Hoseto again and then and then Petey and, and Barco. And then Yeah, do you like a four three three? Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So talking about Escobar. It was interesting how on the right side of the field, Escobar and Lennon would basically just overlap uh, up and down the wing. And then they would, it seemed like we were to count for Bello going forward more. Um, it seemed like every time Bello would be going forward, we'd shift over and have more of like three at the back. And then when Bello would would come back, um, not as often as he was doing, but he did, he his defensive work, coming back was pretty good he would be it seemed like he was really working hard to um to work that out uh but it seemed it was interesting how it was more of just Bello and pity on the left who were more higher up and then escobar and leonard would overlap on the right i just thought that was interesting yeah no i mean it gives you a little versatility too right and it gives you some some sort of not surprised, but like keeps the the defense or keeps the the opposing team on their on their toes too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, and somebody pointing out that okay, so Will Baron says no Mesa, no Escobar, no Robinson for the next match, um, which apparently people think that Miles Robinson maybe isn't going to be playing on Wednesday because of the short week and him not being in uh, in fitness or full fitness. But he might not have a choice. And then he brings up, you know, puts his tinfoil hat on, Will Bauer on again. He said, I doubt Barco's back for the next game. They're going to be super cagey about his quote-unquote injury. Dan, somebody, I think our buddy Christian Mills responded to the um, to a tweet about Stephen Glass's response about Barco and, you know, called it transferitis. Like, that's what his injury is. Oh, really? <laughs> Does any... Do people really think, like in the trap, do you guys really think that we're going to be seeing Barco on his way out already without playing in the past, you know, month? I would I be don't. shocked. I'd be I shocked. Really would unless, be shocked. unless to Ke much to Kevin's chagrin, we get 30 million <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for Barco. It's the only way he goes. Only way Kevin, he goes. Kevin and I were texting the other day and completely unreal, unrelated. And he's like, I still don't think we get, he said like this, this, and this, and I still don't think we get 30 million for Barco. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, we, we won't now, but you know, potentially in a year or so we could. Uh, interesting. Wow. Well, I hope, um, but that's the thing. If Barco's not there, I feel like we have the, the bodies to, to put it back together for, for a lineup. 
I mean, if if we're really worried about injury, I mean, Torres probably doesn't start again. We start Jan. In fact, going back to the last one, last lineup, it's probably the same uh, setup, but just, um, oh, wow. We're looking thin at CB if Mesa, Robinson, and Escobar are out. So yes. it's walks basically on his own. Um, he can do it. He can. He can, he can do it. Yeah, and Keith Keith saying Campbell and on the back line. I think that's if if we're gonna see that complete depletion of the, of the roster at center back, I think we have to see George Campbell in or I mean Lawrence Wyke maybe coming in from yeah. the twos. Yeah, well he's on our roster, so yeah, oh. Lawrence Wyke could come in. Um, I'm trying to sketch out a lineup here just on what we could do, but yeah, we've got Lawrence Wyke at center back. We've got Campbell. Um, everybody else is out apart from walks, so walks would have to slot in there. And then we talked about Lennon, and then there's always the opportunity for John Gallagher to come in and play like a <laughs> back spots, not at center back, but maybe move. Then again, I mean, Bello and, and Lennon are too small to be playing at center back, so it's not like you can even shift that man. Lorenowitz, maybe you can maybe see Jeff play at a center back position if we need him. Um, yeah, well, you could put Hyman, Rometty, and um, uh, and Rosetto in the in the middle, and then maybe Castro and Jan go up top. Oh, it's well, then it's four three three. So then it's it's P- Pity, Rosetto, and Jan up up top. Well, we need to get for you is one of those smart boards that they have, Dan. So you could just telestrate well, on, the, on the screen. You could do a beautiful <laughs> mind thing. So what I, what I'm thinking is, uh, <laughs> I can't even see it. So yeah, I'd go. Bellow walks, Campbell, Lennon is a back four. And then you've got um, Heinemann, Rometty, and Rosetto in the middle. And then Pity, Jan, and Castro uh, up top in a 4-3-3. Really? You, th- you think Adam John gets to start again? I do, because if Torres only came on for 10 minutes and someone in the trap saying, yeah, we've only got a few days to recover, I think you could see Jan starting and then uh, Torres coming in. But I think you could see Dam coming in as well. Uh, on the right wing. But if you see team. Dam come in, could you potentially see Hoseto moved up to play a false nine in front of that and, and bring Adam John out of the game? I think so. You could, but part of me feels like a false nine is just too cute right now. Um, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to play. So... I think Stephen Glass just wants to keep it a little bit more simple. Um, so you don't you don't speak for him. <laughs> no, I, I mean absolutely not. That's why I'm sat in my basement doing a podcast, and he's the interim manager of Atlanta United. <laughs> yep, that's, that's for sure. That's one hundred percent correct. Brittany uh, S, play JJ Williams. Brittany S, I love you, but please, I just don't think we can play JJ Williams. Is he back from suspension yet? I don't know. I guess he's you mean just the the self imposed imposed club suspension that they put on him. No, I thought he got a red card at the end of the. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying the club still suspended him just out of being silly like that. Oh, gotcha. Right. Oh, um, we've also got Mulraney. He's pretty fast. You can throw him out on the left. Yeah, put him anywhere. Just put him on the field. Just let him run. Yeah, run let him run straight up the middle. 
Right. He's well. He's got the speed, hasn't he? So he's. Uh... We just play high school soccer, so you can have Rometty just boot it over the defense, let Mulraney run, and see if he can get on the end of it mm-hmm. behind the defense. Yeah. I uh, know. I'm maybe it's because I haven't seen enough of Mulraney. I'm. I don't know. After his display in Orlando, and even though the team was just bad in general, um, I don't know. Something. I'm not fully trusting Mulraney right now. But, oh, it's um, because of two boneheaded yellow cards. Is that is that the reason you're not I trusting mean, him? Because I think that'd be pretty good reason not to trust him. Yeah, and I just don't remember. I mean, maybe it's just been too long and I'm getting old, but I don't remember him having a really great game or anything in the past since uh, he's been. He's here. had a few like not great games, but I feel like he's had a few standout moments. I felt like um it was maybe against Cincinnati in the beginning of the season. Because he was he he wasn't even on the bench, was he? On Saturday, he was. Oh, he was on the bench? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. And and Keith Feiler pointed out that if Wyke is not with the, the senior team right now, he might not be able to get called up so quickly. He was not in the – He is. In the he's page. in the uh, supplemental spot is Lawrence Wyke, so you can okay. bring him in. So, so the, subs, the subs on Saturday were Jeff, Edgar Castillo, uh, Kubo Torres, Alec Kinn, Jake Moraney, Miles Robinson, John Gallagher, Mo Adams, and Manuel Castro. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, so I guess Mulraney could slot in on the left if you play a 4-3-3. Yeah, but um, I don't know that you really need him to, right? I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on whether or not we see Jurgen Dam play. If he gets, again, I, I don't know if his was, I would imagine, is a fitness thing and not a um, a work permit thing, right? That's what I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, because he's in. Yeah. He's, he's in the States. He's been training with the team, so he has to have yeah. a work permit, right? Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm always going to put Dam um, up top. I'm not going to put him in the middle. I just don't know much about him. He seems like more of a, you know, a slashing winger that's going to use his speed over technique potentially. So if I'm going to play him in like a three-man midfield, I really want him to have someone with a little bit more technical ability. So... Yeah, maybe a, a Mo Adams, Heinemann, Rometty trio in the middle of a four-three-three would be would, the way we'd want to go, and then Pity Yarn Rosetto up top and sub out Rosetto with. Um, in fact, I don't even know Rosetto just doesn't seem to fit. That's not where he he played most of the game. I think Rosetto's more of a a deeper player based on that one game that we've seen. So. Yeah. Because I'm putting, I'm just looking down the uh, on transfer market on a, a squad, and I feel like I'm going to be putting, um, well, easily Dom up there, but he's probably going to be a sub, or you're going to be putting someone like, I mean, I just paused for a dramatic effect. Yeah. And uh, still can't find anyone. So there we go. Yeah. Well, the one the one man we have not really talked about enough, I don't think, especially all things considered this season and even last, Gonzalo Martinez or Golasso P. Martinez, uh, who played outstandingly well on Saturday night, was, you know, we talked about Rometty being kind of the leader in the midfield and 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 in, in, in ways the, the defense too um on saturday i mean i felt like pd was every bit that for for the attacking uh portion of the team and i thought that he played really well he linked up yep. really well with everybody worked his socks off 
And, you know, he played for the full 90. I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Like he, he ran as, again, he ran his socks off for 90 plus minutes and he looked fantastic. He looked every bit the player that I, uh, that, that I want to see him be. That, yeah, that's what we want to see, right? That's what, that was the uh, Pity Martinez that we paid all that money for. So I am. That's South American player of the year. That's that's right. That is what I am hoping that we see for the, you know, rest of these games being like, he seemed more of a leader on the field. Maybe that was just because he was getting his confidence back. He's comfortable now Um, and getting to, um, really put his stamp on the team. Um, I'm hoping that he can, yeah, I just want to see more of it. I want to see more of it. I want him to, I want to see that against a bunkering Cincinnati team. I want to see that against the Seattle Sounders. I want to see it against a, uh, obviously against Inter Miami. I think he's going to have a good game against Inter Miami because they, so you know, yeah. they want to play. Yeah. Speaking of which Wednesday night, we got to turn around and go down to Miami and play against an, an upstart, an upstart team um, in Inter Miami, and got their first. Was that their first regular season win? It was on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three two against Orlando. Yeah, I think That's it was. Pretty, uh, uh, Percy, Percy Herrera posted something to the effect of uh, Atlanta United wins, Orlando City <laughs> loses. <laughs> it is time. Things are right in the world again. Yeah, I didn't. I saw like there's a good seven minute highlight on that um, that game that's that's worth watching. Uh, you you wonder like, is it just LGP being more solid at the back, or is it Orlando just thinking too much and maybe having a little bit too much confidence than they thought? Because uh, that's not the first time they've played into my no, it isn't at all. Um, so. It's no, going to be yeah. interesting to... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had Breck Shea. Um, uh, Mikey Ambrose. Yeah, Ambrose and LGP, and LGP all played for Inter-Miami on Saturday night, which is pretty fantastic. Um, just goes to show how good our uh, our front office is, right? <laughs> the guys that we let go of guys and their first teamers and, and subs for other teams. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I... I'm excited about that. I mean, you, you bring up that point. I think we've seen that for pretty much in every Miami game that I've watched at least bits and pieces of, you know, between the beginning of the season, the restart, what have you, is they like to play. And and that's going to be, I, I would, knowing LGP, let's see if we can get a, like, let's see if we can get into his head. Let's see if we can get, uh, see if we can get him to make one of those mistakes, catch him out. I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think uh, we can get him sent off pretty easily. just have pd just have pd go up to him and just be like frank DeBoer was right about you yeah (laughs) because of fight yeah um that would be kind of awesome if they were coming to if well when they come to the bins you know how the supporters section had all the flags laid out maybe they could just put a whole bunch of frank DeBoer heads or something around there. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. No, but this this would for a team that we saw our team on Saturday night play pretty fluid, play pretty attacking. Getting to see that there's gonna be I think there's gonna be a lot of back and forth 
I think it's going to be a fast game on Wednesday. I think teams, especially down in Miami, depending on the weather, if it's as hot and muggy as as Florida usually is in August, we're going to – both teams are going to use all five subs, I bet. And then, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think there are going to be some goals given up, maybe not due to exhaustion, but you're going to see some – a lot, I think you're going to see some mistakes due to exhaustion, especially coming back from the restart. Both of these teams not having played like Nashville did to get those kind of warm up games under their under their belt before um, before this like mini tournament, whatever you want to call it. Right. I'm uh, I I don't think we keep a clean sheet against them. I'm with the way Carranza and uh, Pizarro were playing, and the the chances that we gave Nashville on our defense. Um, I'd be really shocked if we managed to clean sheet him. Yeah, like if you put Pizarro in in Dominic Baji's place on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He would have he would have probably gotten away from the defense on that one on one with walks and and put it in the back of the net. Like that's that's definitely something we got to shore up with our defense. I think. It's, yeah, it'd be a great game for Miles Robinson to be there for. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the best one on one defender in the league. Yeah, got him. Yeah, I I hope. I know you don't really get walks. that much. Yeah, I know you really don't get that much fitness in three days' time, especially the travel day in there. But man, hopefully soon. A Bello walks Campbell Lennon backline really makes me nervous. Yeah. I mean, I know walks had a great game, but I don't know, man. You may want to put two CDMs in there. Yeah, Just that's that's right. Yeah, do do it in anchoring. You know, two. You would almost play like a four, two, one, three. Like, is that what you were thinking? Like a four, yeah. Like you would have those four in the back, maybe have Remedi and Mo mm-hmm. Adams in front of them, have Placetto in front of them, and then PD, uh, John, and um, who would you even play on the right side? Uh, on the right, um, well, I'd put Rosetto in there, but that's yeah, that's a little bone of contention to put Heinemann up there. Maybe you play uh, them with pulled back a little bit. Because I mean, he he wanted to be more of an attacking. Um, That's true. That's fair. I, I don't know if I see him that advanced though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we see the phallic formation. We see a four-two-two-two. Just. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, put you know, you could throw John Gallagher. I don't know. It's like, damn, John Gallagher. John Gallagher. Um, man, hopefully, Barco is ready to go it seems like we're getting pretty thin already i feel like but we've had this problem the last few years is like is center back depth and now now if any of these guys go down well i guess escobar will be back the next game but you know you really want to uh be kind of careful man this is making me a little bit more nervous about my into miami yeah but if there's a team that we have to figure it out against this team is probably not the worst team to be doing it against. You're talking about a team that does give up goals. They play at you. Um, I mean, I, I, they're not the best team. I, I think they're probably the worst team in this bucket of players that are bucket of teams that were, were pitted against. Mm-hmm. Um, like an LAFC light. <laughs> what? Just that they give up goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got some decent attacking options. Uh, they've still got you know an open DP slot, but um, and then that, who are their DPs? Pizarro and Carranza is that the two? I don't know if Carranza is one of them. Eh, maybe Hold not. on one sec. 
Oh, damn it. I've sent Dan down a rabbit hole, but I, I do think that if there were, if there were a three game stretch where we need to figure it out, Nashville, Miami, and Orlando city, I think are three good teams to be figuring it out against. I mean, Orlando city, again, all's right with the world, the way that they, they, they were down what three it was a three nail or three one um, before getting the, the second goal. I think it's Oh, gotcha. But they were, I mean, Orlando looked every bit the team they were before the break and before the tournament down in Orlando. And I don't know. I, maybe they got brought down to earth a little bit after that final. Um, well, it seemed they lived and died with Nani. I mean, depending on his attitude was kind of the way they would they would play the game because um, unless Chris Mueller can have, you know, a second awakening because he – he played. He started off the season well, but then kind of tapered off in the uh, as the tournament went on. So we shall see. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking Wednesday? What are you thinking result wise on Wednesday? Are you feeling okay about? I know you said you're you're feeling worse now about going into Wednesday, but knowing what yeah. you saw on Saturday night, knowing the limitations or maybe the weaknesses or some of the, the performances that we've seen out of Miami in their first year. Does that give you a little bit of confidence or a little more confidence going into Wednesday? Um, it does. I, I feel like we could, I feel like it's going to be like a two, two, uh, something like that. We'll give up some silly defensive mistakes. Um, what did you what did you have us going uh, point wise in this stretch? Uh, I think I said twelve to fifteen, so I was hedging my bets a little bit. Yeah, I think I said fifteen as well. Um, I may be wrong. We have to go back. So if I don't know, if I Kevin usually keeps those notes, and he's not here. So Kevin, what's yeah. he know? I don't. I I feel pretty good. I think that two two call out is probably not a bad one for for Wednesday, especially knowing some of the. Um, I mean, knowing that Franco Escobar got a retroactive red card is so stupid. But it's like, come on, um, yeah. But going into Wednesday without him is going to be a little difficult. That said, like I, like you were saying, I think we do have the option of switching to a four back. I think that seems to be the logical next step to do on Wednesday is to to switch to a, a traditional four four man backfield, and I think would be all right. I mean, we. I guess it really just depends on on whether or not we see Miles Robinson play, um, yeah, even I, if it's just for a half. Gregory Fraser has a good point, and I didn't think about this, but uh, if you play Larry in defensive midfield, he can drop in as a CB if Bello or Lennon go forward. Because we saw Remedi doing that on Saturday, but you know we started Jeff as a CB a couple of games back in 2017. I didn't like it when we did that, but it's an option and he's going to be a veteran presence. Yeah. Especially sure. if you're like, playing I, all I those young guys. Better, he does better in coverage as a defensive midfielder coming back. And I think positionally he's mm. pretty sound in that regard. It's whenever I think you put him as one of the sole anchors of that back line where it becomes a little harder. Like you lose some of the, the benefits that you have from him a little further upfield. He can't get that far up yeah. um, and be covered behind the, the attacking midfield. And, you know, he likes like, to have a guy I, behind him. Yeah. 
And I, and I like, I've seen him have some, uh, some positional lapses that have led to giving up goals whenever he's had to drop back or even wherever he's playing on that back line. I think that kind of that same, it, it's detrimental to his play the same way that it is to Larry's or Jeff Lorenowitz's whenever you put him solely on that back line in a set, solely defensive position. Um, I don't know. I would probably take Lorenowitz and Rometty over uh, Mo Adams, but I don't know what to expect. I mean, we saw Lorenowitz coming in the second half. I don't know what his, posi- what his fitness is like. I don't think his fitness is ever anything that I've been questioning, but you know, in the past four years, we've always heard, Oh, well, you know, he's not gonna yeah. be able to start every game. He's not gonna be able to play 90 minutes, but every time we've seen him out there, I've never actually had that thought in my head. Like, yeah, man, we, we need to get him out of the game. Like he's always one of the more fit players on the field. Um, so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what that, that anchor looks like in front. I, to your point, if we play two defensive midfielders in front of that back four, especially if you have two guys that are a little less seasoned and let's say, let's say we have to deploy George Campbell at center back against Miami and, and um, right next to Anton walks walks has been, you know, walks was fantastic on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They give up that one mistake. Yeah, and if he doesn't have an anchor center back, or if he doesn't have a season center back next to him, the likes of Fernando Meza, the likes of Miles Robinson, is George Campbell, like when the onus is put on Anton Walks to be the anchor on that back line on Wednesday, what are I like what do you expect to see out of that? Yeah, if if I think that Walks is just gonna he's got a lot more experience now. Hopefully he can be that guy. I mean, he's going to be here. It was like him and Mesa who would stay back. So I'm automatically equating that to Parkhurst and LGP who would basically be the guys who, who would stay back. So um, walks is going to have to be the commanding presence on that back line. So if you stick him in there and maybe play, you know, you can play Campbell a little bit more forward as like the LGP role and then put Walks in more of that Parkhurst role that, that we've had between the two CB pairings. But I feel like Rometty, based on his performance on Saturday, needs to be playing a lot deeper in front of those two guys just to help clear up um, all these old all these counterattacking plays that can, Miami can... I mean, they can really burst on you. Yeah, no. I, I feel, I feel the same way. It's uh... man. What what the heck, Will? This is like this. I came in all excited, and now I'm kind of like fretting about our CB depth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How are you guys feeling in the trap going into Wednesday? Like score prediction wise, feeling wise, like are you feeling good after Saturday night? I know want to stick to positives, especially, but don't want to get ahead of ourselves at the same time. We know this is an audition. This isn't an audition for Steven Glass, but it is an audition for, you know, 18 players on this team. Um, I mean, Kevin Bradley in the trap saying, how's Barco going to be worth 30 million if he isn't getting play time? I don't know. Say it to my face. That's yeah, say it to, yeah. say it yeah. to my face, Kevin. Keyboard warrior, oh, Kevin Bradley over there. <laughs> we got a keyboard warrior. Can't even show up. <laughs> right. mm. Just yeah. disrespectful. Just absolutely yep. disrespectful coming in. That's 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 my Barco. That's that's my little oh. boat. 
that's my yeah my little boat who in potentially a year and a half could be worth 30 million yeah. not right Brit- now Brittany s saying just get out alive with the draw my anxiety is going to be high wednesday agree mm-hmm. and isn't that a good feeling to have that anxiety back like to feel like i know we were playing for points whenever we were in orlando but just to feel again like something's well, on the line again either way it's gonna be exciting right i mean that's what i'm looking for it's gonna be an exciting game it's not gonna be you know, I don't think we did that many sideways passes in the final third that can really uh, get you irritated. It was a lot, bit, a bit more direct. Uh, there was, there was one of those. Hmm. Like, I think Guzan was really late getting it out to. Uh, I fuck, I can't remember who it was, but I was. Oh yeah. yeah well, that was really- playing out of the back, but like when we're up against, you know, a defense and we're just passing it sideways oh, gotcha. to yeah, yeah. i mean i'm all for recycling the ball i want to pre- stay in possession but there seemed to be a bit few mo- bit more decision making going on which is which is what yeah. i want uh joe johnston saying three two atlanta lgp red card uh red card uh Great. garza 2.0 i don't get the reference to garza 2.0 but uh gregory fraser saying i think we could throw out a bella walks campbell lennon back line with larry and remedy at center defensive mid and still have enough firepower up front to win. Yeah. I mean, You're that's probably the... playing more for a draw at that point or control of the game. I think that I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah that back line really worries me though. I mean, you're going to have you at least we're going to have strength on the wings. We, we are going to have strength on the wings. Yeah, uh, it's sure. and, and in the midfield, if we can, we can play like we did against Nashville. Um, it's just going to be, I'm going to be really concerned about a counterattack. Yeah, no, I could see that, especially with somebody dangerous. Whenever you got, you know, Carranza and um, Pizarro attacking you on those, eh, I, I don't know. It does make me a little uneasy, but I still feel pretty, pretty positive going into the game. Even, even if we don't get the win, I just, I want to see a result from the team, whether we get points out of it or not. Like, I want to see this team grow and get better. Uh, L.A. Beaven says Atlanta wins for nothing. Coach Steve. 1-1 one, one prediction against Inter. Love the match against Nashville. Uh, Brian, in reference to Barco, saying maybe the check's already in the mail and they're keeping him safe, so the transfer goes through clean. That's an interesting take on it. Uh, Keith Filer, real nervous for the back line. Draw a 2-2 or maybe eke out a 3-2 win. Um, Michelle, 3-1 three to, three to one Atlanta United. That would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, Michelle thinks they score first. Um, yeah, yeah, I it'd be interesting. Um, uh, Joe Johnston Barco hopefully isn't Casa two point with knocks uh, and injuries. Gotcha. That that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah, and what about Orlando? We're not going to record again until Monday night, so we have two games coming up. Um, They've got Orlando on Saturday. We have Orlando back at the Benz. We got to go down to Miami on Wednesday. I think the team probably travels tomorrow if they didn't already travel today. Right. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just looking at um, Orlando's lineup. Galise, their octopus keeper, was did not have a great game. The um, Dyke, their striker, he's a big lad, but I'm wondering if we can contain him with pace. Um, and then that Pereira, he had, 
he had a, I thought he played relatively good in one or two of the games back in all um in the MLS's back tournament. So I'd be I'd be curious if their their front three to four with Mendez and Nani in there too, but behind them, I'm not sure they have that much depth. So and I think, you know, if you can shut down Nani, you know, a lot of the team can kind of go along with that. So we see, um, we, do we see an old school deployment of Eric Rometty? Just mark out Nani. Like just right. go, go do a job, go mark out Nani and we'll, the, we'll let the rest of the team just kind of do it, do its thing. Yeah. I, I hope so. I, I feel now we've had this conversation. I feel maybe more quietly confident against Orlando. If we beat into Miami, I'm going to be all about thrashing the pants off Orlando. Yeah. Not that I'm about that anyway, but like I'd be more confident in that actually happening. No, I think that's fair. I, I don't know. So you were two two inner. The inner. I'm gonna be two two. Yeah. I'll stick with that too. I think I think two two uh, for Wednesday night. Uh, Kevin's calling out Mueller as the workhorse on that team in Orlando, um, but it really comes down to I mean he could work his socks off, but I mean can he put in the same type of performance he did? Um, early on, as Dan alluded to, early on in the tournament in Orlando. But yeah, he came on as a sub. I'm trying to see what minute he came in. I think it's towards the later of the game. But he had he had a pretty he got an assist. So we'll see where he. Uh... I mean he he's been decent. He hasn't been as great recently. Uh, but yeah, he he's definitely a guy you want to. He's almost like Orlando's Julian Gressel out of the draft. Yeah, uh, Brittany S three one Atlanta on uh, Saturday. LA Beaven three two Atlanta on Saturday. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I I like that three one scoreline though. I think that we get the win. I feel I feel pretty confident against Orlando. I don't. I, I think the team, they, though they played well uh, throughout the tournament, I mm-hmm. don't know that. I don't know after what happened on Saturday if that was an aberration or if that's probably more part for the course for them. Yeah, I mean it's tough after. I mean that that was a heartbreaking loss for them against Portland. Um, you know, being one nil up and then. It's uh, that was real tough for them because they played so well and there was so much energy behind them. And to be honest, it's been the first time they've been playing with this group of players well in um, in a long time. I think the last time they played well was the start of the 2017 season with Carl Laren before he got arrested in the DUI, and then yeah. they fell apart. Um, so. Maybe they'll have maybe they'll have figured it out by then. Yeah, hopefully uh, Pereja can put his finger in the dike to stop the leaking, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> because of their player, their striker, right? Uh, Michelle, two one Atlanta. I, I'm going to go with the three one. What did what do you have for Saturday, Dan? Um, I'm going to go two one for Saturday against Orlando. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Any other closing thoughts? Kevin says the short turnaround with injuries with little info is what has him worried this week. I think I think that's a fair worry to have. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's perspective, right? We don't know. They could be fine. Barker could be fine. You have so, no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. Just... I have absolutely no idea. All right. Well, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, whether you're watching us on YouTube live in the trap. Um, subscribe to us, hit the notification bell icon, smash the like button, tell your friends. Um, we do this for you guys. We like to have a community show. Uh, you guys are, you know, kind of the lifeblood of this, this thing. Um, if you guys are listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, all that good stuff, leave us a rating and or a review. We will read it live on the show. Dan, for the people, where can they find you if they want to follow you on social media? You can find me at DanJMS. You can find me at Tim Herb, I'm only on Instagram, or you can find the show collectively at Home Before Dark. That's B and the number four. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, have them come watch the show. We miss you guys. We love you guys. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, be home before dark. Tim. <laughs> Tim. Tim, have I ever talked to you about cocaine <laughs> what are you talking about Miami they do oh, like cocaine okay gotcha that movie blow so. yeah bye guys <laughs>